0: Welcome to Canoe. I'm Junior. And I'm Jordan. We're two pastors, but
1: don't worry, we're not going to preach. Now nah, we think the best conversations happen on a canoe, especially ours. So whether you're on a run, in the kitchen, or on your commute, grab a paddle, hop in the canoe, let's navigate a river together.
0: Health River. This is gonna be a doozy. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, this is such a clickable title, isn't it? Mental health. Like everybody's talking about mental health, especially nowadays. You know, after co- or not after, but during COVID. Yeah. At the same time, I don't. I don't want this to be taken the wrong way. Um, this might be where you jump out right off the bat. Uh-oh. This is a very clickable title, mental health. But usually, not all the time, but but usually. The people who are like screaming mental health, the type of people who can be really in your face about, God, check your mental health, check your mental health, check your mental health. There's a stigma with it because it tends to be the people that I don't necessarily
0: relate well to, (laughs) or I'll just say it, want to be like. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're usually very kind of, uh, they always seem very touchy feely. Yeah. They're always seem kind of very emotional. Yeah. A little kind of weird. And and it makes you a little uncomfortable. Now, again, this is coming from a guy.
1: I can wrestle with mental health sometimes, you know, with, with anxiety, and so I'm not saying that in a jerkish type of way I'm just yeah. saying that there's a stigma when it comes to mental health because of the crowd that's usually screaming it but Jordan and I want to talk about mental health in a more refreshing way I would say in a way very different than the crowd that usually screams
0: it and it's going to get a little tough but it has to when we're talking about a subject like this and it's so true and usually podcasts and books and articles they kind of pamper you yeah, right. you know they almost right. try to make the case that the way to have good mental health is you got to be all politically correct. <laughs> right, totally. Like and you got to
1: be around nice people. <laughs> yeah. You got to be nice, you got to believe in yourself, you got
0: to love yourself, you got to compliment
1: yourself, you got to drink your soy and pop your yoga stance and shoot essential oils into your veins. <laughs> Namaste and bam, you got good mental health. Yeah, we think that's all bull. Like uh, mental health matters, but you don't boost your mental health by being selfish and telling yourself you look nice because maybe you don't look nice. <laughs> we have a different approach today.
0: We do. We think it's raw, maybe a little controversial, but but it's real. And no joke, we believe after this river, you're going to be in a better position to boost your mental health. Before we hit those waters, though, we have our appropriate urban dictionary word of the
1: day. This river's urban dictionary word
0: is... Acrapella. Say it with us.
1: Acrapella. Acrapella.
0: Muy bien. Acrapella is singing with your headphones on Really bad. Like crap. And this is so good to know. Yeah, there are tons
1: of Acrapellas <laughs> at the gym. All over. Yeah, the, the worst is the guys who are like listening to heavy metal and they're like jamming not, you know, near their bench. It's like, bro, just chill. Like, we're, we're not killing orcs right now. We're trying to like just work up a sweat here. <laughs> Did
0: you just say killing orcs.
1: <laughs> Lord Ac- of the Rings. Acrapella. Yeah. Use it and you'll be cool. Like
0: us. Coming up, Mental Health River. We're almost to it. And as we approach it, we have a new segment. I don't know, Junior. Probably doesn't necessarily boost our mental health. Oh, what are you talking <laughs> about? It totally does. Well, this this new segment we've introduced here in season three, it's called Here's What Sinks My Boat. And it's a segment where we just get to talk about something annoying. Something that grinds my gears. Something that really socks my crocs. Something that waters my sandwich. Cringes my hinges.
1: Stains my pits. <laughs> All right, Jordan, here's what really sinks my boat. It definitely hurts our mental health. What is it? When you have to change your password. And so you do. And then the computer says, you've already used that password.
0: Oh my word. This is the story of my life. It
1: is the word. Listen, I don't know who's in charge of passwords and resetting them. Probably the deep state. We all know you're out there. And we know you listen to this podcast because you listen to everything. I don't know who's in charge of password resetting, but I need to tell you, you, sir, Or,
0: ma'am. Really, salt my apples. Yeah, you kill our freaking groove. Well, now let's get back to our mental health. Let's start here. Let's define what we're talking about junior when we're talking about mental health right because this is obviously a very sensitive s- subject and yeah. we understand we know people, people.
1: who have taken their lives who've yeah. lost their
0: lives when it you know boil it down to so, mental health. so what are we be talking about when we're talking about mental health
1: yeah because it's become a catch-all i mean you, you there's a lot of disorders quote-unquote so to speak that are in this whole mental health sphere i mean you have depression yeah. you have anxiety you s- have schizophrenia schizophrenia you have paranoia ocd i mean yeah. just a, lots of lots of things in this spectrum what jordan and i want to do is we want to talk about about mental health from a 40,000 foot view. We want to come at this from a very practical standpoint. Uh, we are not doctors, so we are not going to comment on chemical imbalances, which we realize um, that there's a place for that discussion. Uh, we are not doctors, so we're not going to even talk about or touch on that because it's just not our place to. At the same time, there are things that we do and ways that we act that can hurt our mental health. And that's really where we wanna come at this. What, what, what can I do practically to really help my mental health? Because here's what often happens, and again, this is not politically correct, but it just is true, is we tend to wanna to run to chemical imbalances and medication because that is a place where there is the least amount of personal responsibility. We believe that you should exhaust all the other avenues first. First off, is there any way that I'm contributing to a bad mental health state? Are there things that I'm doing that isn't that isn't helping? Let's talk about that. And that's what Jordan and I want to talk about today. Not the medication, not the chemical imbalances. We want to talk about where is the personal responsibility when it comes to our mental health?
0: Junior, our mental health is a lot like our physical health. Yeah. Let's say if someone has a slow metabolism, okay. they, they struggle with losing weight. Mm-hmm. They can just say, "Ah, I have a slow metabolism. I just I guess there's nothing I can do about it." I've had it. those thoughts. <laughs> no, I mean you you still have to take personal responsibility. right? And you have to understand that no matter matter your genetic makeup there are some things that you eat that's going to benefit you and there's some things that you eat that are going to harm you right so when it comes to your mental health that same is true no matter your genetic makeup there are patterns and behaviors and mindsets that are going to help you or they're going to harm you right and so we need to take personal responsibility when it comes to our own mental health right so if you're working out there might not be anything you can
1: do about metabolism or maybe you can medicate it and that's great but you still gotta Exercise, you still got to eat right. It's the same with your mental health, is what you're saying, is that there might be a chemical imbalance and you got to address that, but there's still some patterns of thinking and actions that are feeding and hurting yeah, your mental and, and
0: Junior, it's like you said, we need to exhaust every avenue of personal responsibility. That's right. And I know we've talked on this podcast before, yeah. just about even some of your own mental health. Do you, do you medicate it?
1: No. And there's times where I wonder if I should, like last night was a bit of a rough night. What my focus is right now is I meet with a counselor once a month that helps point out areas where I can take personal responsibility. So just patterns of thinking and uh, sleeping, things that I do that can contribute
0: to my own mental health. And that's so healthy to have a, a guy with you to help you do that. And honestly, right. that's what that's what we bring to this conversation. Right. Is we want to help you think through your own mental health patterns and take personal responsibility so that you can have a better mental health.
1: And Jordan, what a lot of this boils down to is just patterns of thinking, ways of thinking. That if we can change how we think, a lot is going to change in our life. And the reality is a lot of us, most of us, I would even venture to say all of us, we're just crappy thinkers. So if we can change what goes on in our thinking, that's going to impact our mental state. Oh, it's going to be so good. We're going to talk about that coming up. But first, we got canoe.
0: Thanks for leaving me out there. (laughs)
1: Appreciate that. (laughs) A
0: study shown one in seven preteens. So that's before their teenagers have texted. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. Preteen needs before. Gotcha. Thank you. That's your canoe segment for the day. (laughs) One in seven preteens have texted inappropriate photos. One in seven. That's disgusting. One in seven. And it was up... Uh, it was 6% a year earlier, and now it's 14% so it's more of children than, between 9 and 12. It's more than doubled. Yep. Of kids have ruined... I mean, honestly, have ruined their lives because who knows where those pictures end up on. It's, oh, it's disgusting. It says, Of of roughly 1,000 children ages 9 and up, it was surveyed that 21% of 9 to 12-year-olds said it was normal for kids their age to share new photos so or sad. videos. So sad.
1: Parents, if you, have, if you are a parent of a... Child, preteen, teen, if they are under your roof, check their phone. Proverbs 22, six is start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. To start a child off on the way they should go means checking up on them. What are they texting? Because right now we live on our phones, right? Our phones are like our life. We feel like we're like detached when we don't have it with us. Check their phone. Yeah, That and is it,
0: their life. And I'd also say it's causing kids to lose innocence earlier, which means that your kid's group's of friends, Maybe your kid's fine, but his group of friend, is, they're going to be talking different. They're yeah. going to be looking at things yep. different, and you need to be able to really be able to monitor that and have some of those conversations that maybe you feel really uncomfortable having and that you want to put right. off for as long as possible. You might need to start thinking about having those sooner and earlier than you wanted. We have a family friend whose uh, son started looking at porn on the bus on the way to school
1: just cuz his friends were. It was on TikTok or, yep. or 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 whatever. I mean, you think about it when we were little, to actually like find porn was like at least for me it's like I didn't even know where to go to find that. But now it's yeah. on your phone and <laughs> you <any laughs> click away. You had to go to the internet and you hear the
0: <laughs> <laughs> and like the modem had right. to charge the there's like <laughs> yeah. filters, you know, the fil- and the history and clear to your it. parents it was and all of that. Yeah, yeah. It was hard.
1: So parents, we got to be on it. I mean, if we're going to start our children off in the way they should go, we got to check in on them. Their phone is their life. Check Their funds. I mean, this is only going up. It's more than doubled in the last year. Who's to say it's not going to double again next year? Don't let it be your kids. This is so sad and tragic. Parents, we got to be on
0: it. About a month ago, Junior and I ran across this article by Brett and Kate McKay about mental health house cleaning. And the reason it stuck out to us was well, It just freaking made sense without being all touchy-feely. Right. Just as we were saying, there's so much out there on mental health that's so, like, new
1: age, weird, emotional, politically correct, stuff we stay away from. But this was a different approach.
0: It was like a kick in the cojones, but a kick in the cojones that we needed. It starts out by making the point that the way to keep your house clean is to invite people over. You know what that's like, Junior, right? You're like, oh, no, shoot, so-and-so's coming over. We got to put this away. Get the vacuum out. Dust the bookshelf. Yeah, hide your weapons. Yeah, totally get it. <laughs> you you, you, <laughs> you finally
1: put that that counter catch-all pile away because somebody, so-and-so's coming over. Yeah, you're having people in your house. It gives you motivation to do more housekeeping. And it's not that we live like slobs before, but now we're just more aware of what needs to be put away so
0: that we don't give a hint of being a slob. And you might be wondering, what does this have to do with mental health? Everything. Just as having someone over makes you more aware of things that could be picked up, in the same way, when you invite someone into your mental thinking, it has a similar cleaning effect to it. So here's what we mean by this. I sit down with a
1: therapist to talk through my thinking patterns and what I'm processing and how I'm processing it. And he sits there and he just calls me out. You know what? You're thinking that? That's, that's not necessarily true or that's not right. He's my mental mentor. No, that's cool. A mental mentor. I think we all need mental mentors. That's point number one. You really want to go after boosting your mental health. Get a mental mentor. And here's the caveat with this mental mentor. And this is big. We tend to run to people who will co-sign to us. You know what? I'm feeling like I'm thinking this way. I'm going to run to my friend and my friend's just going to make me feel better. Yeah, you should be angry about that. Yeah, that should be confusing. I'm so sorry that you're going through that. That is just somebody who's co-signing to your BS. You find a mental mentor, somebody's gonna call you out and be like, hey, that is not okay. You got to put that away. Your your mental house is a mess.
0: You got to you gotta clean that up. Yeah, Junior, how do you find someone like that? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people that we do. Naturally, we associate with people who think like us, who talk like us, who really are kind of in the same pool of ignorance as us. So how do you go out of that and find this mental mentor? Well, I think the best place to find him is in the church. And I know we're pastors, so we're a little bit biased on
1: this. But if you look for somebody who really, really cares about God's word and living God's word out, They're going to call you out when you're not thinking the way God's word tells you to think. So if you're being critical, if you're being judgmental, you got to find somebody who loves God's word to tell you what you don't want to hear. What you're talking about, Junior, is who you go to advice matters. Yes. Because we're all looking for co-signers. We want to find the person who's going to make us feel better, who, who's going to tell us what we want to hear. And that just hurts our mental health. We don't get any better at all. We're just finding people to co-sign to our BS. And you find somebody who's going to call you out and say, that's not right. You're being way too critical. You're being way too judgmental. You're wrong.
0: Yeah. that's what's going to help you grow one of those people in my life junior and i'm really fortunate to have a wife that's like that my wife is that for me yep. she is this yeah she's an amazing voice who knows god's word loves god's word wants to follow god's word and she'll call me out on on my bullcrap yeah. like we were we were watching a show a couple weeks ago and a popular show a lot of people are watching it told us to watch it we started watching it and got through like halfway through the first season my wife is like jordan nothing about this show is is good it's is that redundant? Is, is God honoring? Is like is even is just good for us? And I was like, but it's so good, right? And she was like, no, it's not. And I was like, wow, you're right. And I, it, I had to swallow my pride and listen to her. And looking back weeks later, I'm so glad I did. But too many people would have been like, ah, it's fine, Jordan. Like
1: whatever. Like it's just a show. You need somebody who's going to stand up to you yeah. and say, no, that's not right. Stop thinking that way. Stop talking that way. Be better. It's kind of like a couple of weeks ago. I had woken up Monday morning to an email in my inbox that said a law firm had subscribed to my email list. Like I'm trying to build my email list right yeah. now. So I'm looking at this law firm. I'm like, why is a law firm subscribing to my email list? So I look up this law firm and it's a law firm that specializes in intellectual property, plagiarism. So I was oh, like, no. oh crap, is somebody like trying to like, like peg me for like plagiarism? I don't plagiarize, do I? I started freaking out. Like, I, I couldn't eat breakfast for two oh, hours. Wow. I'm just freaking out. So I wrote them an email. You know, I was like, hey, if there's anything I can do to help you out, please, you know, please let me know. We'd love to be a resource for you. But the whole time I'm freaking out for two hours. My dad comes over and I'm telling him this, you know, and I'm waiting for him to be like, hey, man, it's going to be fine. You're okay. You're okay. And he looks at me. He's like, you think somebody's trying to take you down for plagiarism? I was like, yeah. He's like, you want to know I'll take you down? being a warrior like you're being right now, you just (laughs) knock it off. And I hate it. It kind of like ticked me off. Like, come on, I'm really struggling right here. But I needed somebody to just go, Hey, you're totally fine. Like, stop it. Stop thinking that way. Then come to find out, the person wrote back was like, "Yeah, hey, no, I listened to you on the radio, and I just love you." In order to, <laughs> I wanted to get to know you better. So I mean, it, t- it turned out to be totally fine. But I needed that person to say, "Stop yeah. thinking that
0: way." No, that's really good. And Junior, to be fair, me and you are we are more direct guys. So your dad saying what he said to you, it yeah. sounds pretty like whoa, right? Like confrontational yeah. a little bit. But But we have the relationship. You have the relationship, totally. And here's the other thing, is you also have thick skin, and that is what's needed. In order to have good mental health, you have to have thick skin. You have to develop that thick skin. You have to look for people that are going to tell you something that you may not want to hear, and you're just going to have to suck it up and say, wow, I needed that. I need it. It's going to hurt,
1: but it's going to be better for your mental health in the long run. It's your medicine. All right, number two, you want to boost your mental health, take inventory. Just as you know, somebody's coming over and you're going to have company over, you're going to walk through the house just to make sure everything's good, you know not have any dust bunnies in any sort of corners or anything that's out that you didn't know about, do that with your own thinking. Everything's always go, go, go mentally. We're, we're, we're always distracted. We're actually going to talk about that in the next river, all those distractions and uh, screens and all of that. But everything's just go, 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 go. We never really have that time to just sit in quietness and think. And this is honestly why I think mental health is more of an epidemic or pandemic now than it was a hundred years ago before we had all of those screens.
0: Absolutely. In fact, there's a book you made fun of me for reading it. Do you remember this? It was a book on how to learn. Oh it, yeah, yeah. And you kept i don't know what your joke was. You, you can learn how to learn. Uh, hey, and I, oh, uh, uh, jury's still out. But it—it <laughs> it was a good book, honestly. I'll tell you the main part of it was it said that you need, if you want to learn, and you have to sit with your thoughts for alone for seven minutes a day yeah that was pretty much the whole premise and we never have that though we never have it because what what do you do five seconds after
1: boredom you grab your phone yeah you You grab some sort of distraction again we're going to talk about that uh next river but i try to do this in my devotions you know like read some scripture i'll um pray but then i also just try to take some time i don't know if it's seven minutes but i just take some time of just like quietness i'm not expecting god to speak audibly to me or anything like that but it's just space for the holy spirit to bring some things to mind. And just take an inventory of like what what am I thinking?
0: And it's time for you just to sit there and think that how we don't do that enough is just sit alone with our thoughts and think. And when we do, that's part of keeping your your mental health nice yeah. and tidy.
1: This is why. So during the pandemic, did you know that? Um, like stores like uh, hardware stores and, you know, like Menards, Home Depot, they were jam packed with people because now they had to be at home during the pandemic. They weren't in the office and out, you know, at restaurants, they're all sitting at home. They're looking around, they're going, Oh crap, that needs to be fixed. And that needs to be fixed. And that needs to be fixed. And so the pandemic forced them to be home. So we're saying just force yourself in your own mind to just look around and go, okay, you know what? I'm, I've been thinking that way.
0: I like that. That's such a good point. And it's common. Forbes did a study on their most successful people, and they found all the similarities they had. One of those top similarities was each successful person. And we're talking, I mean, people who make mega millions. All Those people, the most successful people, had their time in the morning where they just sat with their thoughts, where they had their own time, oh, distraction-free, where they were able to sit and think and prepare. So number one, find
1: a mental mentor. That's a new term. We totally coined that phrase, two dudes in a canoe. Find
0: a mental mentor. And then number two, take mental inventory. So last point, point number three is you need to renovate. So take an inventory of your house, see what's falling apart, and then decide to do some renovation. I'm reading this book by John Mark Homer. It's called Live No Lies. It's good. My favorite book of 2021. But in this, he tells a story of a fourth-century monk named a Vargarius. I can't say his name, so Ponticus. And this well, guy, he's a monk. Nobody huh? could say his he, name. He's yeah, no. one of a monk. <laughs> well, this guy went into the desert of Egypt to fight the devil. And and what came of Ponticus' little boxing match with the devil was one of the most sophisticated demonology of all ancient Christianity. Yeah. But, but yeah, Ponticus. He actually wrote a short book called "Talking Back: A Monastic Handbook for Fighting and Combating Demons." Wow. That's the best subtitle. I know. You're writing a book. You should use that. Use that. But Ponticus, what he did is he claimed that the fight against demonic temptation, get this, it's a fight against our own thoughts. So it's a fight against our own thought patterns, our own internal narratives. And so Ponticus decided that the easiest way to battle these thoughts was by choosing just not to think about them. Doesn't doesn't that sound too easy though? Right. Like, hey, just don't think about it. It seems so politically incorrect. I mean, because come on, you you do have to think about something. I mean, you can't just clean out your whole house. You have to replace it, and that's what Ponticus did. He replaced the negative thought pattern and the uh, the harmful interior narrative yeah. that he was having, and he replaced it with scripture. I love that interior narrative that you just said because something that my counselor
1: has said to me before, and now my wife is on it for me. I should have never told her that he says this to me, and that is that's just a story you're telling yourself. Yeah. So I've, I've come to my own conclusions. You know, I've made this judgment or I've made this conclusion, and I have my mental mentor saying that's just a story you're telling yourself. That's probably not even true. So I love that that internal narrative. He's just replacing that with what you said, scripture. And it's a very simple idea, but it's a very hard discipline to master. Kind of reminds me of a quote I ran into a while back. It is, you are what you think of the most. So Dr. Jeffrey Schwartz, one of the leading experts on OCD, in his book, You Are Not Your Brain, he makes a case that your mind, which he defines as directed attention, which you give attention to, can literally rewire your brain. When an unwanted thought comes into your conscious awareness, all you have to do is think about something else. So you just direct your thinking, but you are what you think about the most. I remember telling that to a guy, he's a high schooler up in Wisconsin, and um, he doesn't listen to this and kind of says, he's just a a loser, No, no better way to put that, but just doesn't have a job, lives in his mama's basement, an adult, you know. Uh, not contributing to society at all and I said that to him you are what you think about the most and he said no junior I wish that were true if if that were true I'd be like this fantasy character you know in my video game (laughs) and I just like pat him on the back but like I wanted to say no you are that like that doesn't exist and you kind of don't exist like you're not contributing to this world because you're in that other world like you're giving your attention to something that just
0: doesn't matter and it's becoming that your work is doesn't really matter much yeah you are those unhealthy negative thought patterns and so you have to replace him And that's exactly what Panik has argued for. And that, and he said to replace it though, replace it with scripture. Well, one, un, one really helpful thing John Mark Comer talks about in the book that he does is he actually makes his own monesthetic handbook. And so he went away and he started to identify all of the wrong, and he would ask his counselor and his pastors and these mental mentors, he would ask them, Hey, what's some, what, what do you see in my life that you think's off? What are some unhealthy thought patterns that you see coming for and and then and he would identify that in himself. So he was doing all the things we're talking about. So some
1: of them are probably like, Well you always go to the negative
0: or you're always saying you're not good enough or you're always saying this person's better than you. So then he'd go away, he'd sit with his thoughts, he'd take this internal inventory, and then he would replace it with scripture. And so he would actually would write down all of the lies that he'd start to believe. In his mind, and all of the things, this internal narrative that was so not true, and he would write those down, and then slowly over time, he would find scripture verses, and he would cross out the lie, and he'd put the scripture verse under it, and he would learn to think it, not just know scripture, but he would learn to think it and become scripture. So good, because the
1: truth is, a lot of us have thought patterns that have not yet been addressed. Yeah, We just tend to always go to the negative or we tend to always make a judgment call or we tend to think we always need to be heard in, in this environment and what we need. To, I love that. Go home, sit down and just come up with verses that combat those thought patterns that are that are getting us in trouble.
0: Well, Junior, we were about to go into try it out and we said, you know what? Curveball. No, try it out Well, today. that's
1: because, I mean, it seems like every river, we're just always talking about stuff we're going to try out. Why, we should just do all of it. Like, this week, you should go find a mental mentor. Somebody's going to tell you what you don't want to hear.
0: Yeah, you should start a little journal and make your own monastic handbook. Yeah. And defeat the dumb lies and narratives that you tell yourself.
1: So just do it. Try it out. <laughs> so, Jordan, this is our third season. We don't know if it's our last We are kind of holding our canoer's ransom, so to speak. That's right. We need to get to 30,000 downloads. Now, we're on our way there, but we've got a long way to go. And the only way that we're going to get there is if some of you
0: who listen and never share, shame on you. Start sharing.
1: That's the only way we're going to get to 30,000.
0: And listen, I know it's only episode two. Uh, We're not looking great. (laughs) So we really need your help. Please, please, please.